perdiste. slow uh just little aches and and kind of uh fatigue kind of hitting sometimes mm. so i've been hitting it kind of slow hitting it kind week. of slow <laughs> hitting it yeah you know that's what the, that's what she likes <laughs> and that's all that i can handle yeah. <laughs> i'm not 18 anymore oh. how, how about you how's training going with you you know what i didn't get to train as much last oh actually this week because well, I won't be able to train as much this week. Uh, we we were pretty busy. We're pretty busy this week, but um, training last week was great because uh, there was there was a bunch of people coming off the Jiu Jitsu World League uh, tournament the, the week prior, and mm-hmm. every time you come back um, after a tournament, and for the people that still train right after the tournament, because some people they just take some time off because they thought it was kind of like a hard, you know, yeah hard like weeks of training and then yeah some people had to cut weight and whatnot but i noticed that you know as a uh once once you're part of a team like that you know these guys are right back into the gym and they're trying to kind of correct the wrong if if they lost you know i always tell these people it's like you go into a tournament not not thinking you're gonna win but hoping that you walk out with some valuable uh lessons to kind of see where you're at right carlo yeah, I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. And, and I, that's admirable, yeah. though, even if after a, a loss, especially, probably gnaws at them, right? So they can't wait to get yeah. back into the gym and kind of, like, correct it in their head, like, recreate the scenario that went wrong and yeah. try to, like, have it re-perform the, the correct move so that they come out victorious on the other end in their mm-hmm. mind, right? No, yeah. I like that. And one of the younger guys, uh, you know, he's younger, but he's much bigger. He's probably in, like, the... 190s or 200s uh weight class or whatnot adults adults not 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 (laughs) not freaking masters or anything like that that means longer rounds stronger people (laughs) so he you know he came to me for help and um you know i told him i was like look you're you're the bigger guy you know he can't he's coming off an injury and you know he showed me his match his matches sorry about that and he Uh was able to win. oh good for him he was able to win one and then lost his next two and he was very critical about his performance and and what he did wrong and uh prior to that we were working on a lot of uh i, I told him i was like look you, you're probably going to get taken down or you're probably going to be you're going to end up on your back so i'm going to stay on top i'm going to try to pass your guard and don't let me do that and then sure enough um he told me that's kind of what how it went down but the guy was just a little too slick on passing his guard mm. and uh, he ended up losing those matches but he was right back in the gym uh the the following uh the following monday and you know it's a good learning experience for these ki- these these younger guys because um for me especially when i used to compete i would come back right away just cuz you know it didn't sit well with me that i that i had lost and i had lost a certain way so right you know and i told him i was like you got to use that 
fuel for the fire because there was a point where I was getting, I was always losing tournaments based on my shitty bottom half guard. And from oh, then really? on, okay. oh yeah. Okay. From then on, I drilled, drilled, drilled bad positions from the half guard. And even when I was hurt, you know, there's, cause whenever you train, when you're hurt, you know, you just go to the other side, whichever limb is hurting or whatnot. But right. For the most part, uh, shout out to all those guys that, that competed and, uh, there was also even a, a fight to win. Uh, this yeah, I keep forgetting. Friday. Was it passed in San Jose? I think. Yeah. Was and, it? Uh, yeah. I one, didn't know anybody that competed. Did you? Yeah, I actually knew two people. Um, one is uh, the Jiu Jitsu coach over at Omni Movement. I keep mentioning them after the podcast. Uh, it's my old uh, buddy uh, and training partner, uh, Derek Easterling. Okay. He was also uh, URCC. I think it was one thirty five or one, I think it was one thirty five champion. Um, when he was still fighting MMA, but he competed. Uh, I think his coach also is Tyson Griffin from, you know, Tyson. Griffin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tyson. Yeah. Uh, Tyson used to have a, a, a gym out there in El Cerrito, but you know, COVID happened and he competed as well that night. And uh, Derek Easterling ended up losing. I didn't know how, but I did, I did see the, uh, the post that he did. And then we had one guy compete. It was a, a late, uh, a late placement for him. It was Evan Bishop, our, one of our purple belts, ended up uh finishing the guy fairly hey, quick you, so so for those who don't know in fight to win if you win by submission there's extra money mm-hmm. that you get paid for oh, yeah. for winning by submission mm-hmm. by finishing so what's really cool about fight to win is that they start on time yeah. <laughs> for a fight event for or I'm not fighting it's like it's grappling but for an a, a combat sports event they start on time and sometimes I've actually been to a couple of them where they actually started early yeah so they start on time. They pay out their athletes. Um, there's some good incentives in that uh, that they use to run that that organization. So fight to wins, cool. Uh, I like jujitsu jujitsu world league as oh. well because you mentioned like your teammate. He got like three matches, right? Yeah. So you, he said he he lost twice, won once. So I'm assuming that there were three people in his division. So they allowed them to yeah, do a like round, a round robin. robin. Yeah. yeah, see, that's cool because not a lot of tournaments yeah. allow that. Because it's single elimination bullshit. Yeah, you know? so Jiu-Jitsu World League, they want to make sure you get some time on the mat, you get some competition experience. So that's great. So shout out to Jiu-Jitsu World League and to Fight to Win, man. So yeah. congratulations to your team, dude. Thank you, man. That's rad stuff. That's Thank rad. That's, that's what's also fun about Fight to Win is that they allow slamming. Yeah, and I mean, so they, your your jujitsu's got to come correct. Yeah, it's almost like ADCC, like S. Yeah, you know? like what I mean is, yeah. For those of you listening, who don't know what I'm talking about. Like, you're allowed to pick up your opponent from the ground and like just dump them. I like I've seen people get knocked out on Fight to Win. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's a grappling tournament, so it's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. And they stack so those great things, shit. man. They stack those things real, real high as far as like matches. So yeah, well, they, I mean, they, they got to. They for gotta it, sell tickets, yeah, yeah. Because they so they fill it with a lot of local talent. Yeah, for them to start on time and end on time, also, it's gosh. It you guys so can learn something jujitsu, by the way. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I think a lot of combat sports organizations, not just in the jujitsu world, but in like the Muay Thai world, the MM, amateur MMA world, you, they can learn a lot from <laughs> fight to win in terms of how to how to start on time. So. Um, but uh, I, outside of like training, and you know, I've been doing a lot of teaching. So yeah. it was my uh, niece's first communion this past weekend. Nice. So she's got two younger siblings. So it was kind of cool hanging out with the 
the the nephews and nieces, you know, and I'm I'm watching them. So she's got a a younger brother and an, and an even younger baby sister. Yeah. Um. So I like watching the interactions and stuff. And one of the things I notice is that niece and her younger brother, you know, they're great kids, but they're also kind of babies. You know, it's just yeah. like if they trip and fall, they cry and all yeah. that stuff. Whereas their baby sister, the young, young one, the, the, the three and a half year old, she's like fearless. You know, yeah. she'll try yeah. everything. She falls, she gets right back up. She'll touch everything. She'll explore fearless. And it's something that reflects on what I see on the mat as well. When I teach kids, when I know I'm teaching siblings and I've got an older one and younger one, I always notice that yes, the older one, starts off with better coordination and maybe better listening. But when it comes time to the rough and tumble stuff, whether it's sparring or any grappling or striking drills, yeah. it's always the younger one that does better. Whereas the oldest one gets like shy or a little bit meek. Wow, um, yeah. And so, like, so you have two, two kids. Yeah. Do you notice anything like that where your younger one maybe is a little bit more fearless or Absolutely. just like, seems to be a little bit tougher in Absolutely. a way? Okay. My, my oldest, he's only five years old. And one of the reason uh, why I put my kid into martial arts is because he is very shy. He's The first kid, I think, is a representation of all your fears as a parent. And, uh, and mm, you know, in the beginning, it even when I first got my wife a dog back, in, you know, that was kind of our first step into parenthood. Um, we were very protective and very, and we sheltered the dog, even with the, with our son, like, mm. you know, we, we, we sheltered him. We wanted to make sure everything was cool. And on the second child, you know, we just didn't give a fuck. We, we took all the, <laughs> we took all the same steps, but we were just like, uh, eh, we'll just get them. So yes, they'll be okay. You, yeah. you kind of knew that they'd be okay. Exactly. You saw it from the first, first so, child. So by you bringing that up, oh, I totally agree with that. The second one is fearless. The second one has a bigger mouth. The first one has a small <laughs> mouth that doesn't want to like. That always shies. Even when he's sparring with his training partner, he doesn't want to kick him. Like he mm, has to, mm. Coach Mark has to be like, hit him, hit him, or kick him, or kick him, Darius, kick him, Darius. It's, oh, my God. But that's what's great about uh, being a parent is because you can mold these guys, you know? And, you, yeah. and when you have someone like yourself that can mold these young martial artists and like Coach Mark over at Evolve, that's, it's such a relief as a parent to know that you can trust someone to teach them these types of life lessons, you know? So yeah, I, I commend great. you guys as teachers. Well, don't, don't come in me too soon because that, so one of the things I, I was going to add on to that is that whenever I know I'm teaching siblings in my head, I'll, for some reason, I automatically, I, I don't do this every time, but I do have this assumption that the younger one is going to be tougher. Now I always assume that the older one is going to be able to listen <laughs> more and like ah. follow directions better but i yeah. always assume that once we get into the sparring part of it that the younger one's going to be better automatically because they're just going to be fearless they're going to be tougher and the younger ones sometimes they tend to be the ones that stays with it longer yeah um that's been my experience now that's not always the case um because what happens is that with enough time and enough years it does even out you know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the toughness does get into the older one. The younger one starts to listen more as well. And so things start to even out as the years go by. Um, and, that, and that's the hope. You hope that these 
these siblings stayed together through the training for years, mm-hmm. you know, that they grow into the system and they uh, grow together. Um, that's what you always look forward to as a teacher. Yeah. So I was just curious to see if like, uh, if that's something you notice yeah. and for anybody else listening, you know, if you have a, if you're the younger one, are you the tougher one in the family? Yeah. Are you tougher than your older sister or your older brother? <laughs> Hit me up. Let me know. Hey, I'm the older sibling in my family. Okay. So I'm, gonna, or the I'm the oldest. Oh. I'm the oldest. So you have so a younger I, sibling? sibling? I, have, I have a young, I have a younger brother. He's only like three years younger than me. Oh. But, um, but uh, let me know. And also all you older siblings hit me up. I'm going to show you love. Tell me if I'm, if I'm off base here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I always enjoy, I always enjoy it when, um, when siblings come in to train together. Cause I was like seeing what, how the dynamic is, you know, yeah, who yeah. takes, who takes the lead? Do they get along? Can they work together? So far, like almost all the siblings I've ever trained, trained together really well. Yeah. You know, it's the spouses training together that they, they don't train together very well. <laughs> it's, always, it's, it's a 50-50, it's a coin toss. When it's spouses training together, it's a coin toss. It's like, sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's like, you know, you should go on the other side yeah, of the yeah, room. Yeah. But, cause or you we're should not train getting, with the girls. <laughs> we're not getting anywhere together. You know, yeah, or you, you need to train at a different school. No, um, so that, so anyway, siblings, hit me up. Tell me what your training experience was like with your brother, your sister, whether you were older or younger, hot P1 on Instagram. Let me know. Yeah, dude. It's so funny. Like, it's funny when you do see, like, a couple train together. And it's funny when you see the girl, when the when the woman or the wife is much more aggressive than the husband. You know, I when I was, when I was teaching at the big gym in the East Bay, yeah. a lot of times it was, if there was a couple that was training in a class, a lot of times... I'm not saying all the time, but a lot of times it was the the wife that was more serious, dude, and was just more intense and Funny, just right. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure what that is. Um, and again, we're talking about a very small sample size here because yeah. my own personal experience is just that. It's just that. It's just what I see in my limited experience. So interesting stuff. Well, we could get into that like another time and like yeah. make have a talk about about that i'm pretty sure we could get some cool stories from our listeners <laughs> totally. so any uh what'd you end up doing uh, over the week like over well the weekend? we we had some like fights we needed to watch oh over the God. weekend There's right so much going on <laughs> Let, let's do the light one first sure we had uh bellator 280 right ryan Nader versus czech congo 2 and I think we both called this one right. Yeah, man. Um, I, think I think I went we, for Congo though. Didn't I go for Congo? You you did, but you didn't. But you did say My that heart. if ba- if Bader was to win, that he would have to do it by grinding it out. Yeah, with Damn, his wrestling. Great memory, bro. And and you're and you're right. You're that's exactly what was right. It was he, he uh, Ryan Bader defended his heavyweight title. He grinded he grinded out a decision against Congo. Uh, he did complain about his own performance, saying. Afterwards, that's not the way he would have wanted to win, but he had to do what he had to do. And uh, he did mention, there was something going on this weekend. He mentioned going into that fight that right before the event started, I guess he said he ate something. He felt weird. Oh, no. He said that his stomach felt kind of funky and so that he couldn't be as explosive as he wanted to. So I guess he had no choice but to try to make it a slow, grind-it-out kind of fight. No, Um, but But he gutted it out, man. 
you get it out. And you called it. You called it with the style that he used to win. I felt like Congo. I mean, Congo's never been that that grappler type, you know? No, no. So I can see why I would have picked, like, if I was, like, not knowledgeable on MMA or whatnot, if you just look at the size difference between the two, of course I would pick Czech Congo. But, you know, Ryan Bader's a dog, man. He's yeah. such a grinder. And I don't think he would want to lose his other title either, you know? Like, once you're a champ, you win a state champ. So, good, yeah, good for him to to kind of grind out and just get that win. I mean, he's, I mean, I don't, I forget which ultimate fighter he won, but you know, he's yeah, he was one the of, one where it was Nogueira and Frank right. Mir were that's the coaches. Right. Yeah. That was back in the day. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> you know, he's one of the last kind of, of that generation. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah. Of you're right. That's, that's still actually doing same thing with Chuck Congo. Remember that crazy battle he had with Pat Barry? Pat Barry. Yeah. When Barry almost put him away and then Congo was on, he was like dancing backwards because he was so dizzy, yeah, almost dude. knocked out, and then knocked, and knocked Barry out walking backwards. Unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. and then your boy Yoel Romero defeats Polizzi. <laughs> wild fight, wild ending to that dude, fight. Do you think he was toying with him? No, I think, I think Yoel Romero. That's how he fights. Like he has these spurts. Like he's super explosive, yeah. but he's explosive in spurts. So. Like a five-minute round, he'll he can be explosive for fifteen seconds, yeah. but it's those fifteen seconds that could kill another human being. Agreed. <laughs> and that's how he used, and that's what he used to get the 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 win in this fight. It's just like he's kind of moving around, moving around, you know. And Polizzi was a last-minute replacement for this fight, you know. Poor and he's guy. fighting like, yeah, he's fighting a beast <laughs> in Romero, um, and Romero didn't really fight, change the way he fights. He just kind yeah. of. You know, he just bides his time, bides his time, sees the opening, and explodes into a barrage of punches, and and that's how he wins. I just hope that. I mean, how old is Yoel Romero? Dude, the, the I guy think he's is, 42, 43, I think, if I remember correctly. Forty-five. What? Forty-five. He's born oh in God. seventy-seven. Oh my God! How much time do you think this guy still has? I mean, this guy is the fountain of youth. <laughs> I mean, the guy's shredded. He looks like an action figure. I think he's got. I think, I think he's got maybe two more years. Two more years? How many fights? Is two he? more years. Maybe six. Six, maybe, maybe. I would, I would cap it off at four. I think, I think you'll see a big dip about two more fights from now. Now, I think you're gonna. I think you'll see a big dip in his ability to do that explosion instead of 15 seconds. I could give you three seconds, baby. <laughs> does now? Does he? Does he win a championship under the Bellator banner? He's a middleweight, right? I guess, yeah. I believe he is. Middleweight. So yeah. that means you're going up against... Uh, I don't even know who the middleweight not, champion it's not, is. It's Musasi, isn't it? Oh, isn't that's it, right. Isn't it Musasi? He's not yes, beating Musasi. That would be a fucking he, scrap, though. That would be a great fight, though. I, I think that explosion style where he picks his spot to explode... It's helpful for like maybe mid card level type of fighters, but I think Musasi's fight in a like he, he wouldn't let Romero um, be able to fire off that way on him in a five five minute round Agreed. format. Agreed. I think Musasi's intellect and his skill set can negate that. Uh, but that would be interesting. I'd like to see it. I, I'm pretty sure that's what too. Bellator has in mind. <laughs> I would love to. I mean, isn't it funny how? 
most of the title fights now, well, not most, uh, a bunch of them, they're all kind of like you, former UFC fighters going against each other. Oh, in Bellator? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we knew what this was going in, right? When, <laughs> when, they, when, we, when they leave the UFC, we kind of knew what their next stop was, was going to try to be. Um, yeah. And it's just, you know, the, the cream rises to the top most of the time. Um, outside of bad luck, and mm-hmm. so you you see that you know yeah UFC is on a different level in the MMA scene, and so like even their even the ones that leave that company they find such great success in these other companies. So yeah, you're right. It's just kind of like the uh, UFC alumni league, <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Which is messed up because Bellator is a great company. It's, yeah, it's great, but you do see some of the familiar faces that you grew up watching on the Ultimate Fighter or whatnot. Yeah. Did you uh, end up seeing the PFL at all? I did not. Who fought on that? It's that so Kayla Harrison. It was, like, it was Kayla Harrison. Rory McDonald was on there, and then Ray, I heard I saw Ray Rory Cooper. McDonald got a victory. I'm happy for him, dude, man. He subbed that dude, and uh, it it kind of you could see the difference in Rory McDonald now. I think that when he left the UFC, I think he may have thought that maybe his career was over and he was going to coast to retirement. But after mm-hmm. Uh, a few losses over there in, in PFL. I think he's back to his old form at this point. There was a guy that he fought. Um, I forget his name, but he, you know, he wasn't a hard, he was, he was a hard guy to put away, but Rory McDonald made it look easy. Oh, good for him, man. That that guy for a while was like, people were like, this guy's the future of the, the welterweight division. Yeah. Because his skill set was, was like well-rounded. He was tough minded. He loved getting into any type of fight. And that was his problem. That he just loved getting every type, any type yeah. of fight. He was kind of sadistic. He didn't, he didn't impose yeah. the type of fight he should have fought. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So that was his problem. Looking good though. Looking good, good for him, man. Uh, terrible. Hey. Yeah. Terrible. Go ahead. Go ahead. Terrible thing that happened was you know Ray Cooper, the Hawaiian, was on a really long uh, winning streak, and everyone thought that this guy was going to win, and he went up against the Brazilian. He looked he looked a little fat. I'm not going to lie. Maybe there was an injury or whatnot, but he ended up losing the first time in a really long time so shout out to ray cooper hey man it's just the, the sport's unforgiving yeah you know certain things happen it's like the sport will roll you over if you don't get things right yeah so that's just the nature of the beast but uh did you get to watch ufc 274 oh, yeah um Oliveira versus gaichi for the lightweight title we'll yeah. we'll we'll talk about the the weigh-in stuff later on yeah but let's let's get to the fight let's get into the fight itself oh, man i mean like have you ever seen this okay i'll just i'll do a quick recap mm-hmm. olivera and this is all this all happens in round one olivera gets knocked down twice 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 almost looks like he's gonna like oh this is it this is gaichi's time knocks gets knocked down twice ends up knocking down gaichi Jumps on Gaethje and finishes Gaethje with the rear naked choke. I've never seen anything like that. All right, maybe I have. I just can't remember. The recency bias is just making me like inflate this. But like, God damn, like, what What the hell? Charles Oliveira, after almost basically dying twice, pulls out the win in a convincing fashion. It's crazy. It's crazy. Because Oliveira gets knocked down twice. Gaethje does the right thing, insists that Oliveira stand up so that Gaethje could keep striking. And you would think the person who is hurt 
would start losing their poise and throwing wildly oh, yeah. and being careless. But it was actually Gaethje that be- lost his poise and became careless and became open for the counter-strikes. And it was Oliveira who kept his poise and his composure and was able to get the strikes that he wanted and was able to get the fight to the ground where he was just absolutely supreme, chaining submission attempts together all the way to the end till he got to the rear naked choke. Just unbelievable. So impressive. So impressive. Dude, you know what was also crazy was that when... Charlie uh, Charles Oliveira got knocked down that one time. There was almost a point where it looked like he got uh, caught again, but it just seemed like he wanted to pull guard. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah, during the there, second one. Yes, yes, you are. Yeah, that's true. You you are right. I do remember him wanting to pull guard. That so, that's interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. That, but then, uh, did you see also that Justin Cage was like, "Fuck that! I'm not dealing with that shit." But inevitably, super he, smart. Yeah. Which is super smart. But. The inevitable the way- thing happens is that yeah. Charles Oliveira gets, I mean, his striking was just much more calculated and I feel like it was just more uh, tight, you know, very Muay he Thai style, elbows balanced. were not flared out, you know. Yeah, balanced, yeah. clean. Just real straight, um, I- nothing crazy, man. It was so, so textbook from, from, from what I saw. And then once, I mean, remember, he knocks Gaethje down, goes for yeah. that rear naked choke, doesn't get it. Right. Yes. He doesn't get the rear naked choke until he makes those weird adjustments. He almost got he almost got an inverted triangle yeah. on him. And oh I thought God. he was gonna, I thought insane, he was gonna finish that. I thought he was gonna finish that. But that then Gaethje, Gaethje escapes, but Charlotte is, is still able to get back onto his back and maintain control and then went for the finish. Uh Crazy. you know, it's just so interesting. Like one of the things I mentioned last week when we were trying to talk or uh, call this fight was that I thought. Gaethje's leg kicks were going to be a factor. And when the fight started, Charles went right up into him. Like Charles went right up into the fire, right up into striking range. I thought, oh, there it is. But Charles and his team drilled their defense and their counter against the leg kicks like perfectly. They must have done this like a million times a day. Because every time Gaethje threw a leg kick, Charles would lift his leg out of the way and Gaethje would be so off balance from the miss. <laughs> he was just right there for Charles's <laughs> counter strikes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Charles was just looking like a world beater, man. Dude. And he is the world champion. He would, he would just, he just looked amazing. Even now, the two knockdowns uh, would be, uh, if I'm an Oliveira fan, that would be a point of concern for me. I mean, agreed. He looks good in these victories, but he t- he's taking a lot of these these close calls, these, these knockdowns, I mean, just long-term health, this just cannot be good for you. But I mean, he is still a G and and just the best in the world at, at that, at at that weight division. There's just no doubt right now. There's no doubt. And what we want to also remind people is that Charles Oliveira ended up missing weight and there's a big controversy and a big, uh, you know, there's just, there's just a lot going on, uh, during the during the weight cut and whatnot, yeah, and for him to to know that he had lost his title and still went out and did that did that amazing performance, I felt like there should be a rule where if you don't make weight and you get your title stripped like that, if you can finish him 
in the first round or just finish him in general in the first <laughs> round, you should be like, fuck it. It's cool. You get your fucking belt back. Dude. <laughs> We're talking, well, let's put in these WWE rules <laughs> yeah. for live and then combat. He, he blows sports, up to guys. like 185 or something. Yeah. Like right. There you go. <laughs> no, super impressive. You can't yeah. imagine the emotional highs and lows of going through all that yeah. with the country. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about yeah, the we'll way and stuff later on in the news section. But I mean, the emotions that have to go into that. Um, and I, I just think, and, and Gaethje's super classy, no excuses. He gave the man his props afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like one of those things there where you think like, God damn, like Oliveira, man. So what, what's, what's next for Oliveira? What's, who, who's next? He, he gets the fight for the title next. I want to hear your they thoughts. Promise that, I think he, you know what? I, it, at the time of watching it, um, you know, everything was so exciting. I just, I didn't know what to think. I know Oliveira called out Conor McGregor. I don't think Conor McGregor makes 155 anymore. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe it. No. Uh, and so, you know, would he like to get paid? Of course. But I think, and I had to go home and think about this. I think it's Islam. I think our guy, Islam, <laughs> Makachev, I, 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 that would just be, that would be an exciting fight because you almost have, almost almost mirror images of each other in the sense of clean striking you know strong grappling uh i think their dimensions are are similar uh i would love to see olivera fight islam for the for the lightweight title i mean i feel like that's where it's going to be pointing to but this is mma so i feel like the ufc <laughs> will probably try to try to put some sort of like money fight on. I don't mm. know why I feel, I, I know that Connor's not going to make one, one fifty five, Right. So yeah. I, so uh, scenario that I'll, that I'll put out there, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky is going to be fighting uh, Max Holloway. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have their third fight. They're going to have their third fight. My thing is that if, if Volkanovski can beat Max Holloway decisively, mm-hmm. I don't see why they can't make kind of like a featherweight versus lightweight type deal. I felt like Connor, you know, I don't think he's going to fight this year. I don't, you know, and and he's been talking a lot of smack. Uh, him and I guess him and Chandler, uh, who we'll talk about in the next couple minutes. Uh, they've been going back and forth, and I and with Connor, I just see him maybe moving up to welterweight, and then him fighting Chandler at welterweight. But I think that it's going to be uh, Volkanovski, Volkanovski and Oliveira. I think they're going to. I think in the in the time of making super fights and whatnot, and right. their cash cows kind of on the sidelines at the moment. I think they make this fight only if Volkanovski can decisively beat Max Holloway. Right, right. I that, might be full of shit too, by the way. I think you're full of. Sh- I, th- I think you're full of shit, but uh, I, I could see it. Like I think Volkanovski has hinted that he he might be interested in fighting the lightweight champ, whoever that would be. Uh, if I were him, I would want to fight Charles Oliveira as opposed to like any of the other guys. Just stylistically, I think it, that works to Volkanovski's favor. Uh, but I I say that. In the what happened when when they 
technically stripped Oliveira of the lightweight title. You got to give him a lightweight title fight like right now because you can't leave the division kind of hanging like that and like kind of waiting to see what happens with the Volkanovski Holloway fight. I think that's waiting a little bit too long. Yeah. So I think you, if once he's cleared, uh, cleared uh, for training again, um, I'm talking about Oliveira here. I think I think you start talking to Islam, you start building it up. You know what I mean? I like yeah. you know, like you already have the story. Like Islam is fighting great anyway, right? Um, Khabib, you could call him Khabib's protege, the the other former lightweight great. You know, and I think the story is built in there. I think it. I I think that's the way to go. I think that's the way to go. I think waiting to see what happens with Volkanovski and Holloway just. I think it just kind of puts too much in doubt. Yeah. You know. Now, so that, now, that's how I feel about now it. Now, let me ask you this. With, with that being said, do you think Mahachev, do you think he's ready to take on Charles Oliveira? I think if I'm, I'm them, if I'm in Islam's camp, I'm watching that fight, and I'm thinking that... Man, Charles is great, but he gets hurt a lot on his way to these finishes. It's true. You know what I mean? He gets hurt a lot. Uh, and if I'm in Islam's camp, I'm saying I can hurt this guy. I can hurt this guy, and I don't. And I'm not. And, and there's, there's going to be like a superior superiority complex coming from Islam's camp. It's like I'm going to hurt this guy, and I'm not. I'm not going to be stupid like his opponents were. You know what I mean? Because you can look at a bunch of super tactical errors. That Dustin Poirier made. Oh, yeah. That Justin Gaethje made. But that's what, but that's um, what fucking Charles Oliveira does, man. He makes people stray from their game plan or the, he makes them do dumb shit because did you notice how how Oliveira was just coming forward, coming forward, coming forward? And then yeah. the only time when he was actually really backing up is when he got hit. Yeah. And he took he took some really big shots from from Gaethje. And the the, the thing that I wonder is that. If he can take those type of shots from Gaethje, but then again, you know, there was never a grappling threat. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost about who's better on the ground. Can, because, uh, you know, we've seen Oliveira fall victim to ground and pound and some weird submissions. Yeah. And yeah. so that kind of plays right into uh, Makachev's game. Now, here's a hypothetical scenario. Should they fight? And should Oliveira win, does that get Khabib out of bed and say, you know what, I can fucking beat this guy. Let me come back into the fucking USADA testing pool. Let me put down my fucking, my my, my big old you know, white I, hat and let me get in there and fuck this dude up. I don't know. I don't think so. I think Khabib's really loving life right now. I agree. I think he's just like, he's enjoying the kind of, you know, him getting to be kind of on the the running his own promotion and like training his guys, being kind of the father figure to them uh, and being the leader of his own little crew and training people and being held as an elder statesman, so to speak, of the sport, even though he's not that old. I think he's enjoying that role. I think he's enjoying that role. Agreed. Uh, and uh, so I don't think we're going to get to see that. Uh, but... I would love to see before this, I, when the fall rolls around, if they could make uh, Oliveira versus Islam, I, I I would be excited for that. Just on a technical 
on a technical standpoint, just to see the techniques that would be exchanged. Does that, that would just be awesome. Does that happen this year though? Yeah. Kind of has yeah. to. Yeah. Huh? Kind of has to. Yeah. You can't keep it on the shelf for that long. He's hot. You know, Oliver is hot. So like they, they need to keep pushing it out there once he's healthy again. What a fucking so, gangster. Yeah, man. Speaking of gangster, or speaking of not gangster, <laughs> not uh, gangster. there was a, there was another there was another title fight that night. Uh, Rose defended her belt against uh, Carla Esparza, and Esparza wins the decision against Rose in what can only be termed or could, that can only be described as a kind of uh, a big question mark, in the sense that <sighs> nothing happened. <laughs> like almost nothing happened. A few takedown attempts here, one or two jabs landed here or there. Um, I think you could count the total number of strikes landed on one hand over a five yeah. five minute round uh, totally, totally. fight. Uh, what happened here, <laughs> Sean? What, I think, what happened I think I know what fight? happened. Um, Rose has always been, the, she's always been that type where I feel like she she kind of gets, you know, it's, it's kind of hit or miss. And, and you kind of see that in some of her performances where, you know, if she's in her own head, I mean, and on the countdown, she even mentioned that like, you know, it's always her against herself and mm -hmm. um, it didn't really help. Did you know? Oh man, I got to bring this up. Did you notice that Pat Barry was the one delegating who was talking in the corner? So that led me to believe like, look, does that mean, Pat Barry was the head coach and then Trevor Whitman was kind of like a sub, uh, like a, an assistant coach because from what I've noticed and from what I've seen over the years is that usually the, the head coach talks first and then he points to whoever wants to give their input in. Right. That, right. That might not be the case, you know, who knows? Cause I've never fought before professionally, but I did notice because usually Trevor Whitman is a head coach, regardless of who he's, who he's coaching at the time. But I did notice that Pat Barry in the first few rounds was saying, you know, this is exactly what we wanted and, you know, you're doing great and this and that. And then you'll, you'll hear, um, you'll hear Whitman in the, on the, um, uh, you'll hear Whitman on the side saying, okay, so, and, and he'll try to kind of push her to do stuff, but not very aggressive to the point where she's probably going to, you know, actually do the stuff. So when I was listening to the corner, I noticed that Whitman was getting, he was getting his word in second. So it's like, as the fight progressed and as it started getting towards the fourth and fifth round, you can hear Whitman saying, okay, you're going to want, or you, I think you should start, you know, picking it up. And it's like, dude, that's There's kind less, of too less late. Urgency, less yes, urgency. Yes. Yeah. Did you, you notice know, that? I, these corners, uh, one of my, one of the people I was watching the fights with kind of mentioned something uh, where they felt like, the corner wasn't, uh, um, what do you, how do you say? They're not relaying the urgency of the moment to how Rose. About telling the truth. Like, yeah, well, there's, there's different ways to handle fighters, right? You, sometimes some fighters, you can tell them, look, you're losing and you need to win this round. Some fighters, you gotta like, you gotta gas them. You know, you have to like tell them, Hey, you're doing great. Now just do this, 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 and we're going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so some, so people know their fighters. Uh, I'll say this. I think, what happened was that Rose <laughs> Rose went through what what uh, you could call revertigo. I don't know if that's a real word, but where you revert to 
what you were years ago, oh, the man. last time yeah. you, you met fought. somebody, you know? Yeah, so the last time these, these two fought, Carla mauled Rose with her wrestling, just mauled her and then finished her with a rear choke. And I just got a, got a sense that that Rose was, like that was in the back of Rose's mind or maybe even the forefront of Rose's mind where it was just don't get taken down, go, yeah. don't get taken down. And it paralyzed her. So it, got, it paralyzed her and blinded her to the point that every time Rose was able to successfully defend a takedown, which was like every time in the yeah. fight, like she claimed, she thought that was a victory. Just not getting taken down was a victory. Meanwhile, she forgot to actually win the fight on her way to defending these takedowns. So there was a big blind spot on Rose's in Rose's mindset going into this fight. I think uh, I I think Carla deserved to win. In the sense that she did more, yeah. But if I'm Joanna Jerzejcik, <laughs> or if I'm Weili Zhang, yeah. If I'm Jessica Andrade, even the top, looking, just the top five, dude. I'm looking at that at that fight yeah. and thinking to myself, I'm going to be the next. Yeah. I'm going to be the next strawway champion <laughs> yeah. because salivating. Like, <laughs> like none of these. No one could be nice, Rose. No, not, not well. You know what? After they saw that, they all oh, yeah. think they could, they, they could beat Rose. After they saw that, they all think they could beat Carla. So this opens up the strawweight division in weird it. ways. You know, it's good, good for business. Yeah. But it it did it didn't make Rose look great. It didn't make Carla look great. Um. So essentially, Oliveira and Gaethje saved that main that main card. Oh yeah. With their performance and Chandler so, and Ferguson. Hey, let's let's talk about Chandler versus Ferguson. Chandler knocks out Ferguson with a rising front kick to the chin, knocks him out cold with a potential knockout of the year. Uh, and Ferguson was out for a long time. Dude. Did you like, see the I, memes? No, I didn't see the memes, but, but my buddies who, was, who were watching the fights together, yeah. like, a couple of them just kept asking, is he dead? <laughs> is he dead? Is he moving? It's like he can't be. He, I, I can't guess, die from that. No, no, no. Well, you can, I guess. I but I mean, can. I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody like running in with defibrillator machines or yeah. anything like that. So I'm pretty sure he's still alive. But it it was it was bad. It was bad. I mean, what I mean, what else can you say about that fight, dude? You know what's fucked up is whenever these type of things happen, whenever this stuff is put out on social media, they find the most fucked up picture of the fucking kick so like oh, yeah. there's this one where dude like i used to i used to photograph fights that's how i started uh mm -hmm. in photography and in order for you to grab that shot to where you know uh the ball of fucking chandler's fucking foot is right smack under fucking uh tony ferguson's, ferguson's chin yeah and then tony ferguson's like whole face is shock waved with the force of that kick oh and dude you saw his ferguson's got big ears already yeah when he got hit and then you they showed in slow motion yeah his ears started flapping like yeah, dumbo dude. man like That's he was gonna fly was. away yeah. <laughs> so for so. so for somebody like uh you know michael chandler to pull something off like that and he this guy barely kicks like that and mind yeah. you mind you Tony Ferguson was doing actually really well. He was doing really well, actually. He fight. was doing better than I thought. And he was 
was touching Chandler up a little yeah, bit. Dude, you he, know, did Chan- he drop him? He dropped him. Yes, he did. Yes, at the be- in the beginning of the first round, he yeah. caught him with something, and Chandler was just like, whoa, you know, yeah, the dude. room starts spinning on him. And you know, I'll tell you something about that rising front kick. That's a hard kick to defend against in the sense that you probably never have training partners Doing that you that spar shit. with that throw that at you because uh, it's kind of a dangerous kick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to throw it safely because it it comes down from underneath in your blind spot and it comes up explosively. And it was the right technique at the right time. It just, I mean, if you want to say, you know, like the knockout strikes tech typically come because you just did not see the strike coming. And Tony had no idea that kick was on the way. No. I mean, <laughs> not out cold. Now, Holy now, shit, dude. It was bad. Now, so, like, so Chandler, you know, he, you know, he wants a big money fight. You mentioned that maybe Connor. maybe he fights Connor in a money yeah. fight. Maybe they could do a catch weight. I think 170 is just, that's too big too for small. Chandler. Yeah, he's way too small. He's, yeah, it's too small. Maybe you do it like a 165 or 160. But or something I mean, like a catchweight fighter. At or the same time, look at Volkanovski, dude. He's doing it at like I don't even know how tall. He's like five feet tall. So it's like I, I'm not gonna fucking say that he should not go to welterweight because, dude, if you get a money fight with Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor, they're about the same height. Maybe Conor McGregor's like an inch or two taller than him. But can you imagine? I would be like, oh, I'll go to 185. I don't give a fuck to fight Connor because it's... Well, you know, if he does fight Connor, he better turn into a wrestler again, yeah. is what I would say. You know what I mean? Yeah, he'll I, pick him apart. That's what I'd say. You know? Um, but that would be fun. So what happens with Tony now? He's knocked out uh, dude, I mean, he was, he was doing fine. I felt like I he, thought, that probably know, looked better than, like, he has in the last four or five fights. You know, going into this fight, I thought he was cooked. But after what he looked like, he looked good. you know, outside, okay, before the knockout, <laughs> but he looked he looked pretty decent, yeah, you know. So, like, what do you think, mid mid Carter one fifty fivers, you know? Yeah. Like maybe give him someone to build his confidence up again, see what a, happens. Give him like a ten to fifteen rank, dude. Let him let him get some wins, and then maybe, you know, maybe fucking Makachev will be. Will be champ by then. He'll maybe he'll get a title shot. That's all. I, I mean, if uh, I was him, I would at least just at least want another title shot. No, he's. I think he's got to work his way to that though, because like yeah, the fact ways. that he, the fact that he doesn't get one is that like Dude, he's been worked. He's been worked by everybody in the top five. What if what if it goes Connor Ferguson? See, that's that. That would be a fight I would have loved to have seen like four years ago. Yeah, exactly. So no one's going to want it at this but, point. Yeah, but well, it's also it's just like it's not compelling to me because like Ferguson's thirty five hundred years old, and he just got fucking, <laughs> and he just got toe kicked. Yeah, he just got. My God, I mean, like, who knows what the long? You know, he he got cleared from the hospital that that night. They sent him to the hospital. Um, he got cleared. Um, so he was discharged later that night. But you know, you don't you don't like to see guys get hurt like that, man. No. So. But uh, but anyway, congratulations to Chandler K. Possible KO of the year. So the year's not done dude, yet. That, so there's a lot of ex- even, exciting stuff. That could get his ass into the Hall of Fame, dude. Because you know they're, like throwing, the- they're just throwing <laughs> hella motherfuckers into the Hall of Fame right now. Yeah, hey, you got to build it up. You got to yeah. build it up. Any other notable fights you wanted yes. to talk about from that card, Sean? Because uh, I I'm I'm done talking about the main stuff. Yeah. Let me know if there's any what what other fights from the card did you want to talk about? I want to talk bit? about 
our Filipino brother, uh, Brandon Royval. Royval, okay. And, and I actually bet. I didn't bet, but I, you know, I said I bet against him. I, why am I saying bet? I voted against him. I, I picked Max Schnell to win because he's a Schnell's homie. tough. Schnell's um, tough. But Brandon Royval proven everybody wrong and telling everybody, "Fuck you! This is my guillotine choke." Because Matt Schnell had him in a guillotine choke, knew exactly he was going for a guillotine choke, so he did the the right thing to defend uh i think he the way he defended because they went inverted uh for some reason but he held his fucking he held schnell's uh knees forward because i think to i think schnell wanted to get on top to a mount of guillotine but royval defended that ended up on top schnell does a fucking shitty like leaves his neck out and then royval just finishes it with a fucking arm in and just nasty nasty submission Good um, shit, man. But yeah, that, that, that dude. submission, it, it made news, man. When he got that submission, Filipino it made news. Dude, he's, he's ranked six. He wants to, you know, stake his uh, case for, I mean, because remember, if he didn't fucking lose to uh, Mr. Moreno over there, he would have probably got a, a title shot before Moreno. You know, that's one of those things, like when you're, when you're, when you're in a big fight that could mean a title fight for your next one. Yeah. So since you lose that, it knocks you down like two to three places. Oh yeah, depending on the you know weight I mean? class too. Yeah. Yeah. If there's so, a like, lot of talent gotta... in one spot, dude. Oh my god, it's just like like look at Ferguson. Like we were just talking about him. Like you know, Top you'd ten. have to you'd have to like fight and win convincingly probably three or four times in a row before they even sniffs the possibility hey, of a title not, shot. It's you not know, impossible if you can get like three quick finishes all of a sudden, dude. Then you the can become a fucking. The, the clock is the, the clock is ticking, and hopefully Royval gets back on track with yeah. this one as well. You know, you got to be um, wary about his shoulder. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, uh, before we talk about the fights coming up this week, I want to give uh, do our shut up white belt award, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna give this award to me again twice because I called the the co-main events on UFC 274 wrong in. Ridiculous ways. I said Rose was going to tater Esparza. <laughs> I was completely wrong. Rose didn't even show up. And I said Gaethje was going to maul o- Oliveira. I was completely wrong. He ended up getting, like, worked in one round. So I am demoting myself to white belt again this weekend. I should probably promote you because you <laughs> called it. You said that Oliveira would win by rear naked choke. And that's exactly what did happened. Did I fucking say so that you, shit? You did say Holy that. Holy so shit. You, so I get Did I say first round? Belt. No, you didn't say first round. But you did say <gasps> that Oliveira would do rear naked choke. What a um, fucking... I didn't even know that. Yeah, so... Dude, I imagine get promo- if I would have bet real money on that shit. I, dude, I, <laughs> shit, man. I, I get demoted to white belt. You get promoted to coral red belt. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait a second. No, no, no. Don't do that because if I did a parlay, and I don't gamble, by the way, I was I watched pretty much the entire event and my prelim record, dude. I fucking I think it was like two and two and five or something like that. <laughs> hey, oh well, God. well, let me tell you, we're in the in the events that counted, uh, like in the main event that counted, you were totally right. <sighs> you were we were we were both wrong about the the Rose Carla fight, but who would have thought that, it would have unfolded that way? Thank you, thank you, very good go. job, Sean. Good job. <laughs> So let's look forward to the fights this week, man. Yeah, let's man. talk about uh, Bellator's in London on Friday. Is that and the Venom Page one? 
That is Michael Venom Page versus Logan Storley for the interim welterweight title. Uh, Sean, is this just a typical striker versus grappler fight, or what's the X factor over here? Because Michael Venom Page, for a while, people have been looking at him as being one of the most exciting MMA strikers in the entire world, uh, regardless of promotion. Yeah, but he's he's going up against a, a folk style wrestler in Logan Storley. Um, we've seen in the past when uh, Michael Venom Page has tried to focus on avoiding the takedowns that it turns into a snore fest. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? How, how do you see this fight unfolding? Um, I feel like if Michael Venom Page can be Michael Venom Page again and just control the distance and pick his shots, you know, Logan Storley's probably going to have a, a, a tough time trying to get in to where he can shoot or, or even where he can strike. These guys have one loss each, so, you know, both of them are grinders in their own right. But uh, Michael Venom Page is at home, so if he can keep him away and if he could just pot shot him kind of like an, in an Adesanya way, yeah, um, it's going like, to be an easy night. Like, don't try to make it exciting, yeah. right? Don't try. He's an exciting fighter. Like, yeah. when he is on, he is just like, there's, there's almost no one else like him out there, but... I think if he tries to press too much for that highlight thing, that's when he might get in trouble. Yeah. Plus, if he, but if he's also too careful, that's also where he'll get in trouble. Agreed. And uh, Logan Storley, he he has a lot of ways to win. So I feel like if he could just close that distance and uh, kind of fake the takedown, fake some fake some shots, maybe Michael turn Venom. into a yeah, maybe make it turn into a wrestling match yeah. against the cage at first, that's and then the idea. ground will find it way. Right. That's a great idea. But, but those Bellator cages are big, so... I yeah, mean, and they're round. Venom, yeah, so if you did circle out and just kind of, like what you were saying, pick his shots, yeah. I think, um, you know, he should be the new interim welterweight champion. I think that's what Bellator has been wanting for a while, but but who knows, you know, these fights happen. We make the fights happen for a reason. You want to see the results, so... How about Uncle Lyoto Machida fighting on the, the co-main? How old is Zoltan Machida now? Let me see. I can find out right now. It is, he's got to be. He's got to be forty-five or 43. something. Forty-three. Forty-three. Okay. Yeah. He's forty-three. Is he still doing the damn good thing? Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Sometimes these guys just cannot leave the arena. They just love the cheers. They love the pomp and circumstance. Paul I'm Daly looking, also, who, dude. Look at this. Who, who's who's Loto fighting? Who is? Uh, he's fighting Fabian Edwards. He's a uh, he's a European guy. Coming out of England, uh, he fought Austin Vanderford in his last fight. Lost. He's yeah, this could be a can. Man, I I don't know, man. That Lyoto doesn't typically. I don't think his he takes chin, a lot of damage in his training. Yeah, he doesn't take a lot of damage in his training, <laughs> but just doesn't have to. But like when he does take damage in these fights, it's bad. So I don't I don't know. I I just I don't know I don't know how to call that I I hope well for him because it was cool when he was in his prime and he was killing shit you know with his yeah. style but 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 that but that descent was like the steep <laughs> yeah yeah I mean other than that there's not that many fights on here a couple well, notables let's talk about, yeah what what other notables are uh, Daniel White Weichel I, I believe he he was like a title contender and then. Uh, Lanchana Green, she was actually uh, an Ultimate Fighter uh, alumni as well. All right. Hey, like talking about the, our UFC alumni going to Bellator. So it's a good yep. thing that they still have work. 
Yeah. So let's talk about also uh, UFC uh, Fight Night. Yep. Uh, this is a good one. COVID. Yeah, Blakovic versus Ratchet. Um, I'm excited for this one because I mean I'm thinking that maybe it should be a look like a really solid striking showcase. Yeah. Uh, Ratchet came onto the scene a few years ago with like a big time uh, knockout over Minoa that made everybody like kind of perk up and go, "Yo, like this guy might be coming for the top of the light light heavyweight division." Yeah. Um, but how do you see this fight unfolding? I think it's going to be kind of like an experience factor. I mean, mm. I feel like because Jan Black Blackovich, he's had so many fights. He's he's been a champion, right? He's done I, five I, rounders yeah, before. He's done five rounders before. He's huge, also. Yeah. Uh, so Rakic almost looks like he could probably come down to to, to middleweight if he really wanted to. He does have that lanky, light, yeah. heavyweight type of build, doesn't he? He so does kind of gonna, move with a fluidity that's interesting, agree. too. And mind you, Rakic lost to Volkan Ozdemir, and he was a much bigger, you know, Ozdemir, he's a much bigger dude, but he's not really a much bigger dude. Uh, Jan is much so he, bigger than, than... So I feel like it's going to be... I feel like Jan, if Jan can uh, do what got him to the dance, like he strikes real well, he uses that body yeah. kick really well, Keep mm-hmm. doing that stuff because I don't think Rakic is going to go for any takedowns. Jan's a black belt. I don't know what uh, Rakic is, but uh, Rakic, he can win this fight. He just needs to, I think he just needs to to strike at his range and to uh, maybe use a bunch of leg kicks, honestly. Like slow. So slow. You're, thinking, you're thinking the size and experience of Blakovic mm-hmm. will be the factor for, so who are you picking then? Because I feel like Rakic can knock Jan out, but I I know for a fact Jan can knock Rakic out. So I, I'm going to uh, go with Jan. Okay, I'm going to go with Rakic, Rakic because uh, I think just the fluid delivery. I think if he yeah. keeps it at a kind of a patient... I, th- I like it. I think it's going to be a nice technical exchange of, yeah. of striking MMA striking between yeah. these two. But I think if Rakic keeps it... Uh, fluid where he's coming in one two coming out keeping at distance one two three coming out and he does it five rounds like that yeah i, I think he's gonna outpoint him i think he's gonna outpoint him great assist. uh I, I, it's gonna be interesting though because jan has that weird funky funky rhythm that some of these uh mma guys have mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. can be kind of uh hard to untangle and unprogram uh deprogram he's when you get in older, there with though. them Jan's kind of, he is, yeah. He's like nine years older. So Holy it could smokes. be it could be <laughs> almost a, even a youth thing where maybe Rakic just has a, a lot more agility, he's faster. It could be even that. So you oh, might be cool. right. It could be a decision because he's just faster. Okay. I might be full right. of shit. But. Yeah. See who gets the white belt next week. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any other notable fights on the card that you're looking forward um, to? I'm really hoping Smolka wins against Davy Grant. And then I can't wait to see Dying Peace, Amanda Hebus. She's always great to watch. <laughs> uh, how about Frank the Tank? Guam's <laughs> finest. Oh, wait, Frank the Crank. Sorry, not the tank. The crank. Yeah. Oh man. Hey, like, say no to drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrea Andrea KGB Lee's fighting. Michael Johnson's always great against Alan Patrick, and then Angela Hill versus the crazy Janji Droba. 
And then Stockton's finest, Nick's Ma- uh, Nick Maximov, comes from the, the Diaz camp. He's he's opening up the event, so. I know yeah. who you're rooting for. He has a V in his last name. So Whoa. remember, guys, the rules. Sean always roots for American, the guy with though. a V with a V in his last name. Doesn't matter. If it if it goes Mov, Chev, I am, yeah, anything. That's who Any you vowel. For. That's that's who Sean wrote for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's let's uh, wrap this up with some news. Um yeah. we we hinted at this earlier. We talked about uh Charles uh, Oliveira technically not making weight for his fight with Gaethje so he was stripped of the title but they let him fight they said if he won that he would get uh the shot at the vacant title um so the UFC uh longtime UFC exec Mark Ratner stands by the accuracy of the scale that they used for the weigh-ins uh for the official weigh-ins um on that event uh so there was a little bit of controversy he said that what happened some of the international fighters um well, all the fighters, they use a, a practice scale. They use a, uh, not a practice scale, excuse me, a, a, a pre-weigh-in scale mm-hmm. to check their weight. Um, I wonder if that's they, something that before they Before they step. Is that something they supply? Uh, I'd imagine they do. Yeah. I imagine they do. And then, and then they step on the official scale. Now, they said what happens is that some of the international fighters, they have the option on the, on the pre-weigh-in scale to convert the oh, to uh, readout to kilograms, and he's saying that 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 there has been noise that maybe of that conversion maybe um, uh, fucking the scale up a little bit. But they claim that the official scale was calibrated that very morning to be correct, mm. and that and Mark Rackner does point out that there was no one else that that day that missed weight. Oliveira was the only one. So um, they stand by the accuracy of that scale. Um, so I don't know, like, in, in, in a way, though, Oliveira still won like, quite convincingly, and he was only really half a pound over. Yeah. So, like, people say, you know, this doesn't really taint his legacy in no. any way. So, but hopefully in the future, especially when you go to different states, every state has, like, these different kind of uh, procedures and rules. It's it's somewhat uniform, but some so but sometimes you never know. Hopefully, they could get this kind of squared away. You don't want any kind of future controversies around the weigh-ins yeah. uh, for other fights. It's just it just I don't know. It just kind of leaves a bad taste in the mouth sometimes, you know. And who? I mean, like, I mean, like, what if that fight had unfolded in a weird in a different way? You know, would we still be talking about it in the I same know. way? So so right now, it's just it's just background noise, but. Hopefully, hopefully this shit kind of gets squared away. It's gonna be funny when he finally, when he does fight, because in our minds he is a, he, he is still the champion. Yeah, he just I won think it emotionally, so decisively, you know. Yeah, it, emotionally, people still consider him the champ, yeah. even if it's not on paper. So, I mean, fuck, he looked like shit regardless on the scale. <laughs> Did you I see think, him? I think everybody looks terrible on the well, way, him especially. He looked man. dead. Yeah, like, he, he, he was, was all not, he was an up. He looked like a meth addict. That's what he yeah, like. he. Well, did you see like Justin Gaethje? Like after he weighed in, like within a few hours, he had to gain oh, back yeah. almost like ten to twelve pounds. Dude, people I mean, were they, people they, were tripping off of that shit. Did you? Did yeah, you see yeah. Media? <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> he got, he so got a lot back. Yeah, I mean, it just happens with a lot of these guys. You know, they rehydrate and and boom, it's there. 
And then uh, in the other fight news, uh, weeks ago, uh, Mike Tyson was in town for the 420 Festival. <laughs> on his, what, uh, on his, yeah, that's what he was freaking doing? Yeah he, yeah, he was a guest <laughs> on stage. That. I didn't yeah. know that. And so on his flight home, that's great. you know, he was talking to some people. Somebody was kind of bothering him. He ended up punching this guy in the face a few times. So anyway, uh, San Mateo County District Attorney, San Francisco District Attorney's Office put their heads together. There will be no charges filed against Mike Tyson. That's fucking and, hilarious. And also Tyson did not want to charge. Uh, okay. They didn't, didn't want to press any charges against the guy that was harassing him. And so both offices considered the case closed. And these two can go ahead and live their <laughs> merry lives. Tyson could keep going on his uh, podcast. And that He's other idiot, great, that man. that other idiot that bothered him can go back to being a fucking asshole. Yeah, with, crawl under your and fucking be, hole. Be a, be a shithead to the other people in his life. <laughs> what a dumbass. But anyway, yeah, don't bother Mike Tyson, guys. You see him, nod, wave, smile, yeah. keep walking. <laughs> Although, I, yeah, oh my God, you know, I would at least that, try to say hi. Fuck, man. Oh, yeah, you say hi. But, oh, but, you know, like Tyson's got that, um, that, um, that instructional uh, with uh, um, that where he's showing his peekaboo boxing style. You see that? I didn't see that, but no, yeah. Damn, so that's like, a great uh, fucking idea. Like he's got uh, uh, Rafael Codes and Henry Suhudo. No um, shit. Ma- the that's demonstrating, Damn, he's uh, demonstrating for him. So Mike like Tyson is so. You want to learn his right style? Now, check it out. <laughs> it's crazy how relevant he stays. You know. Yeah, it's the same company that's the BJJ Fanatics. You know, they have the striking series. God, these guys. So, like, um, dude, we need to start yeah, doing so. that shit, bro. No one wants to know what we're doing. <laughs> no, I'm saying we need to just like get a hold of like these great martial artists and like do some instructionals. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, dude, you want you want to learn Mike Tyson's peekaboo style, man? It's available out what there. What about what about the the Carlo Valero fucking uh, rising kick? Ah, <laughs> hey, you know what? That same kick. That same kick, uh, um, like cl- my friend got hit with that during a sparring session years ago, and the toe actually hit his nose and it and it sliced open his septum. I had to drive oh. him to, I had to drive oh. him to the emergency. Shout out Kevin Smith. Uh, I had to oh. drive him to the emergency room to get God. stitches on that shit, man. So like, uh, yeah, ripped so it? it ripped it. So the guy's toenail ripped my dude's oh. septum, and so it, yeah, it was it was bleeding. His nose starts bleeding. We thought, oh, he got a busted nose. Hey. And then we took a look again and open, look. Huh? And we're like, oh, dude, you're gonna need stitches. Like, dude, oh. that's not some that's not something we could just put tissue over oh, and God. have you like hold. We I'm need to take you to the pants. hospital. That uh, that's a weird response to that, but okay. <laughs> Fuck. I just ugh, ugh. I'm sorry. Yeah, so damn, rising that's insane. Yeah, so Michael Chandler's future will be just a one-hour video, instructional video on how to do rising kicks, everyone's rising gonna, front kicks. Everyone's rising MMA practice kicks. is going to yeah. consist of rising. Rising front kicks and counters <laughs> to the rising front kick for the next three months. And they're going to start marketing yeah. it hella different, like the tie is yeah. going to call it rising teep or something. Uh, man, you know. Never Learn ends. the rising teep. Never ends. What you up to this weekend, man? Um... Good question. I can't really think of what I'm doing this weekend, but damn, probably watch fights. That's for sure. There you go. Good for you. What about you? <laughs> um, actually, I gotta take off pretty soon because I gotta go get fitted tuxedo. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you're in a wedding or what? 
I'm gonna be a groomsman in my fighter's wedding. He's getting married in June, so I gotta get this. Gotta get this handled. Hey, make sure um, when you get your shit uh, fitted, make sure the ankle uh, height is on your pants is, is is right. Right. What do you mean? Uh, there was a couple times where I had my stuff hemmed, and uh, I I made sure before I before my wedding that. Uh, Cause you know, your weight can fluctuate for one. And then uh, <laughs> okay. two uh, depends on what kind of shoes you're wearing. And if you're trying to show off socks, so make sure uh, you talk okay. to the groom and be like, Hey, are we supposed to be showing some cool socks or what kind of shoes are we supposed to be wearing? Because uh, in photos, that's going to make a huge difference. Cause uh, do you remember okay. when, <laughs> sorry, Chris, but remember when Chris Cardioso fought, um, fought uh, DJ for the oh, title? Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. They, that was in Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. kept making fun of how how Chris was dressed because of this, this freaking, you know, they were saying it was off the coat rack and whatnot, and it wasn't him. Anyway, you, you just oh, don't really? want to look like All that. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Noted. Noted. <laughs> I'm going for a single break. No socks. There you go. <laughs> Miami Vice. Well, thanks for, thank you for the advice. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, guys, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Mine is Sean underscore Pierre underscore. My man, Carlo. Hopki1 on Instagram, guys, and come visit me over at Hopkido USA in the Sunset District. Let's get some training on. Yeah, come train with us also at Magala Jiu-Jitsu there in the Mission. Shout out to uh, Fight Culture. Sama, Sama Martial Arts in Kanol. Uh, don't forget to watch those fights and listen to our picks. Don't listen to our picks and don't bet on our picks because we're white belts. Well, hit us up and let us know how wrong we are. <laughs> Fight should be great, guys. Take care. Peace.